Good afternoon from the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan, everyone. I welcome you back for another conversation about interdisciplinary initiatives and collaborations across languages and cultures. I am Rocio Quispeañoli, the host of Collaborative Edges podcast series, and we will talk today about comics, graphic narratives, visual cultures, and literary studies in the Spanish-speaking world and the English-speaking world as well. Our guests today are Brittany Tallis, Associate, Associate Professor and Chair of the Department of Modern Languages and Cultures at St. Ambrose University, and Fernanda Diaz-Basteris, Assistant Professor of Spanish at Cornell College. Both are presenting about comics and graphic narratives from Latin America at the 2020 MSU Comics Forum. Welcome to Michigan State, Brittany and Fernanda. Bienvenidas. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Gracias, Rocio. Since 2018, the Michigan State University Comics Forum is a multi-day annual event for scholars, creators, and fans of the comics medium. In addition to academic panel discussions, comic art, comic book discussion groups, and more, this year's event includes keynote addresses from Emil Ferris, author of graphic novel My Favorite Thing is Monsters from 2017, and Nick Susanis, assistant professor of humanities and liberal studies at San Francisco State University, who wrote his doctoral dissertation entirely in comic book form. Title and flattening, it argues for the importance of visual thinking in teaching and learning, and it was published by Harvard University Press into, uh, recently. MSU is also home of the, of the largest public collection of comic books in the world, which is housed in our special collections library. So in this context, Both of you, Brittany and Fernanda, are presenting your work on comics and graphic narratives in a panel titled Spanish Language Comics. Could you please tell us briefly about your presentations and the genres and artists that you will be discussing, Brittany? Yeah, so um, my title or my talk is titled uh, Memory, Indigeneity, and Social Justice in the Comics of Jesus Cosillo. Um, in typical academic form, I sent a very ambitious abstract and have scaled down my talk a little bit. So um, I'm going to be focusing essentially on one book that Jesus Cosillo um, co-produced with two other authors. So the title of the book is Rupai, Historias Gráficas de la Violencia en el Perú, 1980-84. Um, this is a book that he created alongside um, Luis Rosel and Alfredo Villar, Um, with the, the help of a Rockefeller um, grant, actually. So um, I, in terms of genre, this is um, what a lot of people in the U.S. would call a testimonial comic and what Jesus prefers to call a documentary comic. I think that um, difference is sort of interesting. But essentially, it details the first five years of the internal armed conflict in Peru. Um, and my talk and then the sort of larger project that it belongs to is essentially examining um, the centrality of art and also of comics as a medium in terms of both fostering and preserving memory um, of, this, of this period in Peru's history. When was that uh, graphic novel uh, published? 2008. 2008. Okay. Good. What about your work, for Fernanda? Um, well, 
I am presenting on two specific cases of two female um, illustrators of the island of Puerto Rico. One is uh, called Rosa Colon, and the other one is Rosaura Rodriguez. And I have been gathering for the past two or three years um, web comics, scenes, print comics, graphic novels um, about personal narratives from survivors of the Hurricane Maria. Mm -hmm. So all the all the works I'm looking at um, question or investigate what do we understand as disaster and mm -hmm. How do we understand it? How do we talk about it? How do we approach the trauma? And how graphic artists um, help um, improve quality of life in the island and also they um, represent the process of recovery that is not um, public in the eyes of the North American news. So these two specific artists um, deal with representing trauma in the form of graphic narratives. Mm -hmm. And I am looking at the web comics of Rosa Colon and also some of her digital narratives like in, in, in PDF formats and the watercolors of Rosaura Rodriguez. Yeah, it, how have they been published? In what mm -hmm. medium have they been published? In print, um, mm -hmm. digitally? Um. So Rosa Colon, uh, she published a lot of web comics in the NIP, the NIP, the, mm -hmm. the web comic um, magazine um, that is an independent web comic magazine in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So Rosa Colon published there, and I analyzed around five or six web comics from her since. October 2017, and uh, Rosaura Rodriguez, she, pub she self-published her graphic novel that is in watercolors last year, 2019, and um, she also has uh, digital copies, but uh, she sells it and it printed. In print? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. We'll, we'll get soon to the issue of, of language, Fernanda, yes, yes, but yes. let's... Yes. let's um, continue talking about the conversation. I'm very curious to know what has attracted you, both of you, to this uh, field of study, uh, being professors in Spanish programs or modern language departments, and what is your background? And how did you develop this, this interest to study this medium? And um, also, how did you get to the works you are studying uh, today? Uh, Brittany, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that I arrived at all of this sort of by um, happy accidents in some ways. I uh, was actually failing out of Spanish as an undergraduate at the University of Iowa, and um, I, f I failed Spanish 101 and 102. <laughs> and, um, and and it was study abroad for me that, that, um, that really sort of brought me to a greater appreciation and understanding of the Spanish language and of literature. I was an English and women's studies major at the time, and... Um, I sort of realized, I after a semester in Venezuela, I ended up moving there, and I lived there for a number of years. Um, and then, um, you know, when I came back and carried on with my plan to go to a graduate school, I decided to do a graduate program in, in Spanish or Hispanic literature um, versus in, in 
the English language, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I also wasn't a comics reader as a young person. I'm, I'm not some, someone that grew up reading comics. And I think it's interesting. I've, I've talked to some um, other women about this. And I think that, that um, historically, comic book shops and some of these spaces, women have not always felt very welcome in. And so I, I wonder sometimes, I'm curious what your sort of experience with this is too, Fernanda. Yes. But um, so it wasn't until graduate school that I started reading um, Love and Rockets. I was mm -hmm. actually taking a, um, a seminar class with Dr. Anna Marino on um, poetry and panels, I think it was called. So it was sort of like looking at poetry alongside graphic narratives and I, I just really fell in love with it and I, I tend to be um, I do deep dives and things that I'm really interested in so um, by the time um, I, I got through the next couple years of my PhD coursework I had decided that to do a dissertation entirely on Spanish language comics mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and sort of went from there so really I am someone who started studying comics um, 12 years ago, uh, and, and, and I also had the great fortune to find a job where I was able to market myself as um, a Latinx Americanist yeah. comic scholar. Yeah, and you were, you were uh, a, a reader, a consumer of comics before? You started, or? Only, uh, I, I discovered only? them in graduate school. In grad school, In Good. 2008. Good, yeah. yes. Yeah. What's your experience, Fernanda? Well, I... I have a background in Latin American literature and anthropology, was my undergraduate degree. And I did grow up uh, reading comics, but I, but in, in, you know, in Mexico, we read nonfiction comics. So we read a lot of political cartoons and I, I have absolutely everything of Kino and Mafalda. Mm -hmm. And I grew up reading uh, Mafalda for sure. And in Mexico, we have these political cartoon artists that we call Moneros, and I also grew up reading them. Um, this uh, group of, of, of artists from Mexico City that they publish in the lefty uh, newspaper that is called La Jornada. And yes, I, so that was my approach to comics when I was growing up. But then I had a, a, I had a partner that was a graphic designer, and I started making comics with him. We made a comic for UNICEF on the 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 rights for um, Mayan uh, childhood, the 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 rights um, to have a bilingual education in Spanish and Maya. Because I grew up in mm -hmm. in the Mayan area, in the Caribbean Mexican Mayan area. So mm -hmm. um, then in grad school, in during my masters in Ohio, I attended my first comic conference that was in Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Um, and it was um, it was a French department comic conference. So mm -hmm. my first approach as a graduate student was more like band dessinée kind mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then there was a professor in French in at the University of Cincinnati that was teaching band dessinée. So I, I got interested on in that. And then during the PhD, I decided that I didn't want to leave the Caribbean studies uh, kind of scholarship or discipline, so I started doing my own research on what kind of comics were out there in the Caribbean and in the Hispanic Caribbean. So I didn't find, I traveled to the Hispanic Caribbean searching for comics because I won this, um, this summer award to do that. Mm -hmm. So I went to the Dominican Republic. I have been in Cuba before and I didn't want to do Cuba. And I went to the Dominican Republic searching for comics 
and that was in 2014-15, and I couldn't find a lot. But now, now the Dominican Republic is is going like hard on comics. But mm-hmm. uh, at that, like five years ago, it wasn't like that. Hmm. But then I went to Puerto Rico, and there I did find a lot of comics, and I was like, "Whoa, this is my spot." Exactly. So since that moment, I didn't leave the island, <laughs> and now I'm and now I'm like obsessed with comics from the Caribbean area. Yeah. 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 I want to um, share with you this um, and also ask a question to follow the conversation, to continue the conversation, is this this experience of being a reader and a consumer of comics because, like Fernanda, I grew up reading comics. And uh, and when I say grow up, I'm talking uh, when I was a, was a kid mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. becoming a college student. When I was in college, uh, that's when um, I started reading the political the political charged uh, comics, and I remember it coincided with uh, Juan Acevedo publishing his mm-hmm. comics in, in newspapers in Peru. Uh, uh, but the other thing is also that as a kid, and I this this relates to something that Brittany uh, pointed out as a kid, I read superhero comics, mm-hmm. and I grew up reading that kind of comics, all kinds, you know, but the superheroes as well. So I grew up with the Marvel Universe. So when I come to the United States as an, as an adult to graduate school, and I point that out, um, um, well, men would look at me with surprise because I was a woman who knew a lot about the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And it's because I grew up reading uh, comics. And my sister as well. I, I'm not alone in that. So it's, it's and it always surprises me, you know, because it's for me, it's so natural and normal because I grew up uh, reading comics, that kind of comics, as well as as others. So it's it's I think this provokes a question and we don't have to discuss it now because we we have other topics I'd like to 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 touch on with you Mm -hmm. is is this issue of um, women as readers of comics across cultures and what jo- genres of comics, you know, and then also what the differences of, uh, if there are differences, I'm sure there are, between being a consumer of comics in the United States and beyond the United States in Latin America and the Caribbean, you know. Uh, so that, that, that is a, a pending conversation because I think there are too many um, stereotypes associated with experience of consuming comics yes. and that is still dominate the mainstream of uh, 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 comics studies. I was thinking the other day, um, like, we should have something like decolonizing comics oh, studies. We, do. we need I to do that. I founded a group, me and yeah. my friend. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have a group tell that us, is called Decolonizing Comics. Okay. Well, when, when, I was a grad, when I was a PhD student at UC Davis, um, I had a, I ha, I have, I have a very good friend called Maureen Barduck, and she was writing. She is still writing her dissertation as a graphic novel, her PhD dissertation. Mm. So she calls it a graphic dissertation, which is the same uh, case for the keynote speaker yeah. for to, for tomorrow, Nick Susanis. Uh, Susanis, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So and they actually, I think they actually know each other because she also went to to to, to school in San Francisco. But so whatever. So we we met because she was in the cultural s- 
studies department doing um, things in German, and I was in the Spanish and Portuguese department, and we had the same advisor. Mm -hmm. So when our advisor saw that we were both working on comics, he put us in contact and we met for a coffee like four years ago. And we realized that we were the only grad students at UC Davis talking about comics. So we well, that's said... That's incredible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we said, uh, we need to talk with more people about comics. So we started, we applied for this little grant and we started a little cluster that we called Decolonizing Comics. And it was to talk about nonfiction comics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how with comics we can talk about history, mm -hmm. war, trauma, diaspora, forced migration, um, rape, um, human rights, um, you name it. But everything is nonfiction. So we started inviting, uh, we started, uh, we, we invited some artists from the Bay Area, from Oakland, from San Francisco, from Berkeley, and they were giving like talks and workshops. And also we, we invited um, scholars at UC Davis or any other UCs that were working mm -hmm. on uh, graphic novels. And we had a professor from, from the history department, Chuck Walker, and he actually, um, his yeah. book on Tupac Amaru yes. became a graphic novel. Yes. Um, so we started this group. Uh, we have this West, uh, with, we have this Facebook page that is called Decolonizing Comics. And um, we also organized another event with the Chicano Studies Department on a Chicano artist that also has a graphic novel, Alberto Ledesma. His mm -hmm. graphic novel yeah. is the... Um, the reluctant not diary, diary of a reluctant yeah. dreamer, and so we 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 did this at UC Davis for around three years, I think so. And our website is still on, our Facebook page is still on. We still post a lot of materials for like teachers. And now that I'm working at Cornell College, I am gonna teach a class that is that I call decolonizing comics. That makes, yeah, yeah, that's great. So one question the. Um, uh, Chuck uh, Walker's book on Tupac Amaru yes. that was turned into a graphic novel. Yes. Is that the one by Juan Acevedo? Because Juan Acevedo has a graphic novel called Tupac Amaru. Juan Acevedo, the he Peruvian. Could be an artist. Yeah, yeah, and I know I don't that they are in contact. Right now. Yes. I don't remember right now, but it might be. Yes, yeah. and I, I know they have worked together, mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. I don't know if this is the exact mm -hmm. point, but yeah. uh, let me uh, continue more or less in the issue of language. Since you both are working on mother or foreign language departments in your institutions, how does the work in those programs or the or or, or departments um, join the, the the thematic and disciplinary areas that you're working with right now, like memory, colonization, women's studies, gender studies, literary and cultural studies, and how? Do they sustain your study of comics and graphic narratives in the Spanish-speaking world? And I should note also in the English-speaking world, we're getting there, Fernanda. So, because how 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 do you find how easy or not easy is to be in the modern languages department or in the Spanish program with this type of mm -hmm. of working on this this area that you are working now? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, so I, I my dissertation um, 
years ago when I was on the job market, right, was on representation of women and girls in Latin American comics. And so this is this is what I won that I went on the job market as a very like Latin American comic scholar. Um, and so the um, when I was hired at St. Ambrose, my colleagues in modern languages were really supportive of the fact that that um, I was a comic scholar and that I would be teaching um, classes on comics, mm-hmm. um, even at a you know, small Catholic, Catholic liberal arts college in, um, in Iowa. And so, um, you know, I, I think I've been really lucky that, that I've been able to translate my research into teaching in a really sort of natural way mm-hmm. in foreign languages. Um, I'm also the director of women and gender studies at St. Ambrose. And so I also teach in, um, in that department. And so my teaching sort of diverges, right? I mean, I teach, um, classes in Spanish on Latinx American comics. And then I'll also teach, like I'm teaching this semester, for example, um, international feminist comics um, in English for mm-hmm. women and gender studies students. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky that I'm just sort of able to um, do this, like, aut- authentic teaching in terms of what I do in foreign languages, but then also expand um, expand that in, in English language comics in women and gender studies as well. Good. What has been your experience? Uh, well, my experience have been nothing like yours. <laughs> uh, my experience, uh, to talk in a, an American polite way, it has been very challenging um, uh, going to the job market with a dissertation mm-hmm. wrote in, written in Spanish about comics has been very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spanish departments that I have been interviewed um, in have been uh, not thrilled at all with mm-hmm. my research and not supportive at all. And uh, it, it, it actually has been a problem. Well, and I, and I will just interject that I've interviewed at plenty of places that, that I think sometimes they interviewed me out of curiosity, like you're doing what? Um, and, and even in instances where some people on the committee were excited, there was definitely the sort of old school, you know, oh, yeah. people that were like, oh, yeah. oh no, this oh, there is were, not There were work. schools that flew me there. Yes. And during my talk, they yes. questioned why comics. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm like, you flew me here. I why guess. are you questioning comics? I'm here to talk about comics. Right. So, yeah, that has been a very big challenge. I have suffered a lot because I really adore comics and I don't understand why it has to be questioned. Nobody questioned that people study El Quixote from 500 years ago and we question why do we study comics Mm -hmm. in the Spanish department. So that has not been easy for me, but I am not going to quit and I'm going to get a job on that. But uh, at Cornell College, I teach Spanish language, and um, next next academic year, they let me teach m- my comic class. So I am going to be teaching this uh, class that I call Decolonizing Comics, mm-hmm. the Latinx graphic narratives, and especially from the Bay Area. Because I lived uh, in California for a number of years, and I had this decolonizing comic group. I met a lot of artists that work in Oakland, Berkeley, and San Francisco area. So um, I want to teach their work. So we are going to look um, um, to, uh, we are going to look uh, comics, scenes, graphic novels, and 
digital comics like Instagram comics, Facebook comics, mm-hmm. web comics that are specifically about what it is to be Latinx in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. There are different yeah. um, artists that I'm gonna that I I really like and I I have met and I and I'm gonna teach them in the classroom and this is like female queer LGBT friendly whatever um, artists that uh, identified themselves as Latinx brown monolingual mm. um, black m- monolingual um, queer um, or whatever it, that everything is um, included in the X of Latinx yeah. so um, yeah so we are gonna read that we are gonna talk about that and it, this is the first time oh, the class is in English because yes. it, the classes cannot be teaching in Spanish so it's, it's in English yes yeah Yes, and going there, um, uh, this this issue that your work or the two illustrators you're going to um, talk about in the Comics Forum this time, Rosa Colon and Rosaura Rodriguez, um, if I understand correctly, they have produced their comics or graphic narratives in English or not in Spanish. However, your presentation has been placed yeah. in the Spanish language comics <laughs> session because it's Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you, uh, wh- why yes. Why do these authors, these, ro- uh, these, these illustrators, excuse me, Colón and Rodríguez, uh, uh, do they explain why do they choose to do it in English? Yeah, well, um, Rosa Colón writes and creates just in English. Okay. Rosaura Rodríguez does um, in Spanish and yeah, most of her work is in Spanish. Um, so Rosa Colón is one of the uh, one of the most important, I can say, um, independent um, illustrators of the in, in the island mm-hmm. for the past ten years or so. And she has been building this community of young artists um, with um, local local tools and local knowledge. And um, she also created this independent comic festival called Tintero, where mm-hmm. just independent comic artists um, sell their work. And they also um, participate in this, um, in this it's, 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 it's like premios. Yeah, so there are premios, awards uh, yeah. for each category. And they also have um, a beca, a scholarship. So she has been doing this work, like I, I, I call her like a, a, a cultural agent mm-hmm. for the for the for the young artist in the island, and it, she has been creating this platform to um, let the know that let the world know that there are these other comic creators in the island because Puerto Rico has a very long tradition on comic creators for Marvel and DC universe. Yeah. There are a lot of Puerto Ricans on the on the superhero team creators, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And when I started this research, uh, my f- main question was, where are the female illustrators yeah. first, and where are those illustrators that do not work for comic for Marvel and DC? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was when I found all these ladies yeah. that are independent comic artists. They do not want to work for Marvel or DC, mm-hmm. but they do want to produce the same amount of work. Okay. 
So Rosaura Rodriguez, she is also an educator. She has a master in um, special education. And um, she also collects uh, a lot of her materials from nature. So she go on hikes and on walks and she brings like plants or like pieces of barro mm -hmm. and she creates her own watercolors. Yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then uh, and then she she is a avid comic reader. She reads a lot of comics. Also Rosa, they they are both like a comic library when you talk to them. So uh, Rosaura also works for the Contemporary Art Museum in Puerto Rico. So she have had her own shows there and everything. And more now more than before, she's doing a lot of watercolors. At the beginning, she was doing more um, just regular comic, but now she's focusing more on her own watercolor production. Okay. Yeah. Good. And um, Brittany, have you have you had the opportunity to interview, talk with Jesus Cosillo or? Yeah, yes. Jesus is a good friend of mine. Yeah. So um, I met him, and that's actually, I. so I started researching his work because he actually came to the University of Iowa in 2013, 2013. Yeah, I think it was because it was the first year that I was at teaching at St. Ambrose. And um, um, Anna Marino had invited him, and, um, and she called me and said, hey, you know, this Peruvian graphic novelist is coming, and I think you'd really like his work, and why don't you come? And so I, of course, did, and um, ended up having dinner with him later that night with a group of people and um, was just so interested in, in the work that he's doing. Um, I'm also someone who, like, I primarily work with Spanish-language comics, um, but I also read a lot of stuff that's sort of outside of that. I'm a big fan of Joe Sacco, for example. Oh, and so I love him. It, was, it, it was so interesting then to, to, like, you know, come across Jesus' work, and I was just seeing all of these connections. And, um, and I didn't know – there was so much that I felt like I didn't know about um, – about comics in Peru, primarily because when you talk about comics in Peru, yes. you talk about Juan Acevedo, you know, and yes, that and is and true. so um, I got really curious about well, what what is happening beyond? Like Juan Acevedo right. is incredible, and um, and he's so important to the history of comics and in, in Peru. But then I thought, like, what else is happening? Yes. And so um, I ended up just sort of like being in correspondence with Jesus, and we would talk about things, and then we would like send each other comics and <laughs> things like that. And um, and he said, hey, you know, if you ever want to come and like and, like you could meet Juan Acevedo, and we could do so, we yes. could we could just hang out, and I'll take you to comic book shops. And I was like, oh my god! And so I wrote a grant, um, you know, as we do, and I mm -hmm. shockingly got it. And I and so I went and spent a summer in Lima. Um, and it was really great, and and I had like Jesus to take me around to like comic book shops and introduce me to people, and I got to interview Juan Acevedo, and um, and and yeah, and so I don't remember. I guess I, I think I'm sort of losing track of the original about the, question. If, but if, if you if you knew uh, Jesus, uh, yeah. Jesus Cosio, if you have dealt with him directly, which right. you just and, explained, right? Yes, and so that's the case. right, and so I'm sort of continuing now. As I said, you know, I wrote this abstract, which is just this like monster thing, which is really silly for a 15 minute talk. Um, <laughs> but but um, it, it's part of a larger project on um, this book that I'm calling Graphic Narratives of Resistance. So it's sort of looking at counter storytelling in comics from a number of different angles. Um, and so he's someone that I go to, too, when I think about, like, okay, who else do I need to be reading? And um, 
and then and then also I had just co um, edited uh, a special issue of Mitologías with Ana Marino and um, Tania Perez Cano, where I was actually able to do an interview with Jesus and publish it there too. Good. So it's been yeah, good. It's been great. Yeah. That's great. So the last question for, for the two of you, if someone, a graduate student, asks for advice or guidance on where to start to work on Spanish or Latin American comics or graphic narratives, what piece of advice could you give to this person, Fernanda? Wow. <laughs> well, uh, it was very interesting that after me writing my dissertation uh, at UC Davis, another two classmates started also working um, around comics and they were like two or three generations after me. Mm -hmm. So uh, me taking the risk of doing this first dissertation about comics ever in the history of the Spanish department. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I think, I think um, it was it, it was it was painful at some moments, but it was interesting, especially because you know in a dissertation you never know how to how to quote comics, how to mm -hmm. like which kind of uh, I don't know whatever you're gonna use. How yes. are you gonna quote this paragraph? It is not a paragraph; it's an image. It's a panel. Right. You know how is your advisor right. gonna read it? And how like and when it's a web comic, it's not even a text; it's a link. How do you get a link in your dissertation? You know, yes. all this. So it was very challenging, very, very challenging. But I was having so much fun writing my dissertation mm -hmm. that I didn't care. And then the job market was hard, but whatever. Um, so um, I would suggest um, to, first of all, identify what do you want to read? What are you curious about? Mm -hmm. What you can't find? that you want to explore. Yeah. And because, I mean, Latin American comics, that is like infinite. Mm -hmm. It's like it has been there forever, and I don't think it's never going to go away. No. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, very different from the, no, from the, from at least the, the United States comic or the mainstream, yeah, the mainstream, the mainstream comic the history mainstream, that yeah. it's all science fiction and superheroes, mm -hmm. and that has nothing to do with the Latin American comic history. You know, it's yes. it's, it's the whole. I, I I mean, yeah, it's not opposite, but it's very very different. different. Mm -hmm. So different. I would suggest first identify maybe a specific time in history that you want to explore then what kind of comics do you want? Do you want independent comics? Do you want political comics? Do you want, um, I don't know, pedagogical comics? Yes, like for education. Yeah, like what do you actually want yes. to read? Because it, there's too much. There's yes. just too much, and I don't even know where to start. And I just want to add a little bit of what the, the question before yes the Spanish and English yes. so with Puerto Rico has always been a complicated situation trying to put Puerto Rico anywhere in the map like Latin America North America it is an American colony uh, it is Spanish it is English but I have lived in the island and you can live it like in person you can actually live that dichotomy like mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone there is bilingual and everyone is speaking English and Spanish at the same time, just like Latinx in the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that it's uh, I think that can explain a little bit why the production of comics are like half English, half Spanish, because there there's like you cannot like um, exclude yeah. any language in inside the island. Yeah. yeah. And Brittany, what would you advise someone who wants to start in this um, area? Um, I, you know, my advice, I think, would be um, to put yourself in spaces where the people who are doing the things that you're interested are, right? So I know for me, um, conferences and, and particularly comic-specific conferences have been so instrumental, um, you know, the comics universe is a very large one and so um we can sort of explore these little corners of it right and you can read you know you can be very well read in your in your area but um every time i go to um you know icaf the international comic arts forum or now the comic studies society conference which are three and four day conferences or msu now you know Mm -hmm. right has this has a two-day conference um there's so much that you can learn from going to panels and then also meeting people, right? Mm-hmm. And finding out what are you working on? What are you reading right now, right? Um, forming these sort of networks. And then um, I, you know, even as now an associate professor, I'm, I am just always, I am always so invigorated by being in these spaces and finding out what people are working on and making connections and hey are you going to this conference mm-hmm. maybe we should do a panel together mm-hmm. right it's it's this kind of like this possibility for networking but then i think also within the comic studies community perhaps because it's sort of a newer discipline and one that's really just had to like it's been like a hard scrabble fight to like get in to be recognized as yeah. like real academics oh, yeah. and this oh, is yeah. this is what's happening when we go oh, to these yeah. job talks and and that person says but tell me why don't you study actual literature why do you study comic books yeah it's because it's 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 we're still we're still trying to get there and i think because of that um, comic studies as an academic community is so incredibly supportive and everyone there is really into mentorship and senior scholars are always happy to help junior scholars and so i would say you know get yourself to a comics conference and um don't hide out in your hotel room like go to the panels mm-hmm. and introduce yourself and go to the things afterwards and meet people yeah. and talk to them comic scholars are so friendly so friendly so friendly it's like when i finally got to these conferences years ago i was like i found my family i found these are my, my people, people. <laughs> like, these are the this is the only reason why i don't want to leave academia I, yes mm-hmm. yeah same same no, because it, you don't have all the like backstabby, mm-hmm. um, terrible mm-hmm. competition, and also, mm-hmm. and and perhaps because it is so new, and there's like these wide open spaces in terms of publication, everyone yes. is just really supportive and like, yes, do that. And nobody's written and that. And also because it's fun. It's it fun. is fun. It is fun. You don't yes. get bored listening to a 15 minute paper just like being read. You know, no, because you, you also get to see the watch. images. You and watch like, a right. lot of visual yeah. content. It yeah. is fun. It is so fun. Good. Well, I am sorry that I have to end our portion of fun right now. I'm afraid to say (laughs) that all good good things must come to an end, and we must conclude the conversation for now. So I would like to thank our guests, Brittany Tallis and Fernanda Diaz-Basteris, for their availability and interest in today's conversation and their fascinating work on comics and graphic narratives of Puerto Rico and Peru. 
I would also like to invite you to attend the 2020 MSU Comics Forums today, February 21st, and tomorrow, February 22nd, at the main library. For more information about the Comics Forum, visit um, www.comicsforum.msu.edu. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Rocio. Yeah, thank you. This has been really wonderful. It has been fun. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So uh, to finish, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any official entities of Michigan State University. I also want to thank our technical producers, Daniel Trego and Dante Smith. Tune in for our next podcast in March.